we go into God's word tonight. Father, we just thank you for the privilege of coming into your presence. Your word tells us the entrance into your word brings light. And Lord, that light is the light of life. Give us wisdom and understanding. Give us revelation so that we might be able to live out your word. To show to the world the goodness of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. I mean, I have a, a message with uh, an unusual title. It's a title, What Are They Saying About You? What Are They Saying About You? And uh, we'll come to that at the very end of the message, but that's the important thing to me as the Lord was ministering to me. What are they saying about you as a believer, as a Christian? As a person. In uh, Matthew chapter 16, uh, the Bible tells us when Jesus had time to be with his disciples, don't know why, don't know, you know, the reason for this, but Jesus decided he wanted to know what they, the people were saying about him. And he asked his disciples. Uh, in verse 13, it says, that when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea, uh, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, notice, the Son of Man am? Not Son of God, I, the Son of Man am. So they said, some say John the Baptist. That tells you that John the Baptist must, must, uh, John the Baptist must have died. And so some people were thinking, John the Baptist, remember in Mark chapter uh, uh, 6, uh, Herod actually believed that Jesus was John the Baptist come back alive, raised from the dead. So that was widespread. They believed. Some people really believed Jesus was John the Baptist. They didn't see them together, and so they assumed he's got to be John the Baptist. He's back. So some said uh, John the Baptist. Some said Elijah. And they knew the scriptures. They knew that God said Elijah in Malachi, God will bring Elijah back again to the world. So they believed Jesus was that. And others said Jeremiah. And I believe they believed Jesus was Jeremiah because he was a weeping prophet. Jeremiah wept a lot. And Jesus wept. When he went into Jerusalem, he looked at the city and he was weeping. He wept over the city. So he's got to be Jeremiah. And others said, one of the prophets. Let me tell you, it's, it's easier, it's better and easier just to believe the truth. <laughs> because if you don't believe the truth, you open yourself up to all kinds of thinking. All kinds of belief. Sometimes we cannot really step out and believe that this great miracle is taking place in our time. That God is doing a new thing with us. Maybe something he's never done before. They kept going back. They couldn't accept Jesus as the son of God. This great son of God. They couldn't accept that. All they were thinking he's got to be the ghost of some great prophet in the Old Testament. God can do something new in your life. Yes. You can be standing before the greatest. God can make you the greatest. You don't have to look back. 
live in your time. And God can do something great with you in your time. God can raise great people. You know, many believers, they go way back to the revival in the past. You understand what I'm saying? They read all the, the revivalists and what they did and all of that. But God is always doing a new thing. You can't put God in a box. And so they couldn't accept Jesus as the son of God. They were thinking, well, he's got to be uh, one of the prophets, or the ghost of, of uh, one of the prophets. That, that was what they thought about him. These things were not bad things about Jesus. They were lining him up with great men of old, so it wasn't bad. But that didn't concern Jesus much. Jesus wanted to know what his disciples, the closest ones to him, what they knew about him, what they thought about him. Not just what they thought, you know. He said, what do they say about me? What do they say about me? So that tells you, well, talking to the disciples, asking the disciples what the people say about him, that tells you he was the leader the people came in multitude, and the disciples, they wouldn't go to Jesus to tell Jesus what they really thought about him, but they felt free to tell his disciples what they thought about Jesus. The disciples heard them, and they repeated it before the Lord. But Jesus wasn't too concerned about what they were saying, even though he knew they should believe the truth. These ones that were close to him, they should know, because they will be able to talk to them about who he really is. That's your responsibility. See? They may, they may say all kinds of things about Jesus, but Jesus is looking to you to be able to correct their mistakes and show them the truth. Amen? So he's more important about, to him what you say, not what you think, what you say about him than what they're saying about him. And notice the life of, in the life of Jesus, nothing bad. Everyone had, even till today. Even those who don't like Christianity, they don't say anything bad about Jesus. You notice that? They won't say anything bad about him. They tell you, he said, he was a great man. Probably the greatest man that lived. Have you heard that? He was a great prophet. The Muslims believe that. He was a great prophet. They say that he was a good man. But who do you say? That's important to Jesus. So in Matthew chapter 16, verse 15, it says, But who do you say, Jesus speaking to his disciples, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. That last word is so important. Very, very important for you and for me. Because of what Jesus said in another scripture. Jesus said, if anyone will learn of my doctrine, he will hear from the Father, he will come to me. So he's the father that reveals the son to us. Amen. Isn't that, isn't that exciting? Maybe not for you, but it's really exciting to me. 
that is the Father, unless the Father reveals the Son to you, to you, you can never come to Him. Jesus said, no man comes to me except my Heavenly Father draws him. He is the one to reveal the Son to you. So, God, it was in flesh and blood. If you know Jesus and you are following Jesus, you didn't get that because you were so smart. If you really understand who Jesus is and you are following, not because you got greater wisdom than the rest of the world, they all don't know. It was because of the Father's heart that pulled you and revealed His Son to you. You were chosen of Him because He's called you for a purpose. You have a purpose in your calling. When you, once you can see and recognize Jesus, you were called of him. That's God calling you and showing you that's my son. You know how Jesus, after he was baptized, God spoke very clearly so the people would hear. Now those around John the Baptist, they, they were those that were really wanting to know God. God revealed his son. Now, Peter said that, but notice the words, the words he used. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. When Jesus asked the question, he said, who do men say I am? The Son of Man. Jesus used the word the Son of Man, but faith will always look past the flesh, the veil of the flesh, and go into the very presence of the living God. To get revelation. Peter knew. You're not just a man. You said you're a man. But we know you're not just a man. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus spoke to him. In reply. To that revelation. In Matthew chapter 16 verse 18. It says. And I also say to you. That you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Please say with me, the keys of the kingdom. That's very important. <laughs> you got the keys of the kingdom of heaven. You got the keys. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven that's power when you got the keys you can lock anything you want to lock and you can open anything you want to you want open it's all up to you i will give to you and he was speaking to peter because of this great revelation that peter had how many of you have the same revelation you have the same revelation. How many of you conf confess that Jesus is the Christ and you know it from your heart? Well, God revealed that to you. And to you, if God is a respecter of no one, to you, he has given the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth, he's bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on, her, on earth, is loosed in heaven. We are not just using that, the privilege that God has given to us. We still walk in fear and walk like ordinary men, the way Paul puts it, mere men. Because of all the doubts from our past and all of that. But we should break away from all of those things and begin to trust God. 
Amen. It says, uh, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he commanded his disciples that they should not tell no one, that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Now, Jesus called Simon Bar Jonas, son of Jonas. Simon, um, son of Jonas, that's a dove, um, obedient dove. But he says, now you'll be called Peter, meaning a stone. And on this rock, I will build my church. When you read that scripture, it seems as if, you know, the the rest of the disciples didn't really believe as much as Peter did. And Peter was the first one to really make that true confession. And so Jesus said he was going to be the rock on which he will build his church. And that's not the case. They all had the same faith. He just spoke out. He was the one that spoke. Now, if you read in John chapter 1, I believe around verse 40, uh, you remember Andrew and John? After Jesus was baptized, Jesus was walking by, and John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God. And Andrew and John went to be with Jesus. Remember? And then after they'd been with Jesus for one day, Andrew decided, Hey, we have found the Messiah. Now, when John baptized Jesus, he said, I testify to you that this is the Son of God. Okay? But... Andrew knew that was the Messiah. So Andrew went and got his brother. What's his brother's name? Simon. And brought Simon to Jesus. And Jesus looked at Simon and said, you're Simon. So that's not the first time Jesus called him Peter. He called him Peter way back there. When when Andrew brought him to him. You want to check the scriptures? I won't be telling you stories. <laughs> okay, let's go to John chapter 1. Okay, um, verse 40. With there? John chapter 1, verse 40. It says, One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, right? He's saying, Andrew saying to Peter, Andrew found him first, and then Peter. We have found, not just a man, we have found the Messiah. He is the Christ. That's what it means. The anointed one, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called what? Cephas. That's Peter 
which is translated the stone. So what I'm saying is, at the time, when Jesus said that to Peter on that day after that great confession, that was not the first time he changed his name. He just repeated it the second time. But others had believed. And if you read further in that same scripture, Philip actually found Nathaniel and said, We have found him, of whom Moses and all the prophets wrote about. The Messiah. So they all knew. So it wasn't just Peter that knew about it. What was important about what Peter did? His mouth. Confession. It's got to come out of your mouth. You just don't think it. You just don't believe it. It's good enough to think it. It's good enough to believe it. But it's got to come out of your mouth. Before you receive the reward from God. Before God will declare to you. It's got to come out of your mouth. Whatever you read in scriptures, if you believe it, speak it from your mouth. If you don't say it, you just think of it, no, it's nice, you just meditate. He'll stay in you until the enemy snatches it away from you. But once it comes out of your mouth in faith, you've established it. Amen? That was what was different here. Jesus is not going to build his church on a man. Amen? And there's three, I think, three opinions about that. That Jesus was saying Peter was going to be the chief apostle, the first among them, not the prince of the apostle, the chief, number one. Not the prince of apostles, he's just one among others. And so you read in Ephesians, Jesus is the chief cornerstone, but the, the church is built on the foundation of the apostles, Every one of them, Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone. So he was the first one. And you can see that in Acts chapter 2, Peter was the one that went out and got the first group of Jews to be a part of the church. Stones to build the church. Amen? Building on Christ. And in Acts chapter 10, he was also the first one to bring in the Gentiles. Remember? Cornelius. So he got the Jews. He got the Gentiles. He was that, but he was a master builder. Just like the, but the others have this, they all had that faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20, tells us this, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So it was this confession that was important. Now, if the importance of confession, this runs through the whole scripture. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. It's so important. If you know how important, even in your prayer, I will encourage you to start those scriptures out. The Lord is my shepherd. You understand what I'm saying? But if you are praying, you are declaring to God, God, you are my hiding place. Now, because you are my shepherd, I will never know once. As you speak those words from your mouth, they get a hold of your heart and establish your heart in faith. Nothing will move you. He is that rock. You build on the rock. Amen? You build on the rock. How do you build on the rock? Your confession. Your confession, what you say. You build on that rock and you cannot be shaken. He is that rock. He is the chief cornerstone. So we do that. It runs through. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you must meditate in it. The word, check out the word meditate means to mutter to yourself. 
day and night. He says that's how you, are be, you will be able to do all according to, according to what is written in the book. That's the only way to obey God. You want to live a good life? Speak the word. I am the slave of righteousness. I am a slave of God. Because like I said, uh, there are, in the whole world, everyone is a slave. And you have in the world two kinds of slaves. Slaves of sin and slaves of righteousness. If you are not a slave of righteousness, you are a slave of sin. Jesus said, he who commits sin is a slave of sin. So if you are not a slave of sin, you are not a slave of righteousness. So you must confess daily, I am a slave of righteousness. And if you go all through the scripture, let the weak say, I am weak. How do you get strong? You say it. Let the weak say, I am strong. So when you're having financial difficulties, you don't talk about it. If you follow that scripture, you talk about the fact that God is giving you thousands and thousands of dollars in the bank. <laughs> and your head will tell you, you liar. <laughs> but you say, let God be true and every man a liar. I can never know what. Amen. You can make it happen. But all things are possible to them that believe. It's going to happen. Because God is behind it. He watches over his word. Romans 10 verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. And believe in your heart. That God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Now saved if you confess Jesus. Who is Jesus? He's the word of God. Right? Amen. <laughs> You confess Jesus, the word of God as Lord over any circumstance, you'll be saved. Amen? Because there is a spiritual principle that, just like the law of gravity, it always works. And it gives us that in verse 10 of that same scripture. A spiritual principle, you're looking for a law that really works, that's the law. With the mouth... It says, with the heart, uh, one believes unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. The word salvation is being made whole, being made free, sanctified, all of that. It only will happen when you use your mouth. Only when you use your mouth. You see, God may feel sorry for you because you're hurting but if your mouth is not good, sorry, nothing's going to happen. It's only when you speak it with your mouth. This is a law. It's a principle. When he says the word for with the mouth, he's saying this is a law. It's a principle. With the, with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. But if you want to experience it in the natural world, you got to speak it. You got to speak it. If you're feeling sick, don't go telling everybody, it's, it's really important. You know, people walk up to you, me, did you sleep well last night? You say, no. What? I mean, you look terrible. And you say, really? And you walk around from that area, walk up to another, and another fellow walks up to you saying, are you okay? And you're thinking, the other guy just said I look terrible. I said, yeah, I'm okay. Man, what's happening to you? You look, 
kind of tired. And you're thinking, wow, I must be tired. And then by the time the third person says it to you, you're already saying to yourself, I'm horrible, I'm tired, I'm sick, I need to go home. Because they're speaking words to you. And words are very powerful. But if you tell them, no, no, I'm feeling fine. You want to see me smile? (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) I'm doing good. And then you start smiling. Say, well, I just thought something was wrong. Say, no, you're wrong. I'm fine. And you go your way. Let the weak say, I am strong. That's your medicine. That's your medicine. Say it. But the message tonight, I want to turn it around a little bit. Um, Jesus wanted to know what they were saying about him. And what the disciples thought about him. If they're saying things really negative, and his disciples also believe the same, his ministry is going nowhere. Right? So what people say about you is very important. If you are a leader, you are a manager, you are a leader of a group, it's always good to find out what the people are saying, the people you're leading. You see a principle here of leadership? Jesus wanted to know. If you're a leader, you should want to know what they're saying. If not, it will be too late when you find out. You need to know. He asks questions. They'll tell you. If you hear it from two, three people, think about it. If it's negative, try to change. Because if you don't, that thing's going to get you. You need to know what they're thinking about you. Now, people who don't really know you can think about all, all kinds of things about you. Sometimes they're negative, sometimes they are positive. It shouldn't really bother you much. But if they are negative, you need to examine them. It could hinder you what you're doing. Notice everything they said about Jesus was negative. They were all positive. They just didn't know the real truth, right? But the disciples knew. So he was okay. So a leader must always know what the people are thinking. And what they're saying. Your manager, you should find out what the employees are saying. And you're serving people, what are they saying about your business? What are they saying about your church? Those things are very important. If there is negative rumor, that church is coming down. It won't be too long. you got to try to change it. Whatever you can do to change it, you need to change it. So, what are they saying about you in your place of work? Do you know? About your Christian life, what are they saying? What do they think is the most important thing in your life? For Daniel, they knew what was the most important thing in his life, right? You remember Daniel? His prayer time. His presence with his God, the whole nation, everyone, the leaders, they all know. What do they know about you? It's not what you say about yourself, 
What do they know about your Christian faith? Does it really concern you? I really want to know. Some of it may be lies. But if they're true, you really need to examine them. How important would they say your faith in God is to you? Would they call you a committed Christian? Or would they secretly go behind the back and use the word a hypocrite? Now, if those that are working with you and they put, you know, people who don't know you well, they're using the word a hypocrite, you better watch. And I'm going to give you a scripture when I'm through. It's so important about judgment. What people are saying is so important. If a lot of people are saying bad things about you, you better be afraid. Because the Bible says, our God is a consuming fire. Remember what the word says, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. It didn't say Christian or no Christian. Without holiness, no man. Christian or not. Doesn't matter. Holiness is important. And what people say about you is important because they are actually examining your light and feeling your salt, whether it's true salt. Jesus said, if you lose your saltiness, then the salt is is no good. Throw it out. I don't want God throwing me out. Because I'm no good. I can't influence anybody by the way I live. That's not good. You've lost it. You know, these are very serious times that we're living in. We are truly living in the last days. People are doing what they like. They just live in the way they want to live. Nothing is important to them. They make their own decisions. They're doing their own thing. Because they believe that they are Christians and it's okay. I'm beginning to have a little problems with that with a little problem with that. You cannot. I have never been that way since God. So I don't know how Christians are born into the faith. Nobody taught me this. I know after I got saved I needed to be devoted to my God. You didn't have to teach me that. When you begin to pull away from everything, you need to examine now. Uh, babies get sick, right? And adults get sick. When you're sick, you are not your, you, you are not your, in your right self. And sick people die sometimes. And if you're not eating, you know you're gonna die. If you're not able to eat, every time you eat, you feel bad because the preacher says something you don't like. So you throw up. You're going to be really skinny for after a while. Because you can't put something down. We must always heed the voice of the master. There are a lot of voices. The Bible says there are a lot of voices in the world. A lot of voices. I, in my life, if I have seen Jesus probably two times, or maybe three, One of them was when I was, uh, uh, before I got saved. 
And uh, you give me time, I'll tell you this story briefly. But, you know, I was, I was, it was a dream. And I saw some man, you know, coming from the east. He was so huge, towering into the sky. You could tell uh, the earth in relation to his, his body. You could tell the, uh, the earth was round because he was way up. His head was way up in the sky. It was kind of dark in the evening, you know, moonlight. And people were running all just running from one place to the other. There are a group of people running to a home. And uh, before long, they run out of their home looking for a place to hide. And I was among those of these guys running from place to place. That was before I got saved. And I opened my eyes. I was really scared. Um, another time that I saw, I felt like I had seen him. Uh, I don't know, it was a dream, but, you know, it's like finger pointing towards me, and now I couldn't move. This thing is serious. I shared a dream that I dreamed when I dreamt when I was in Nigeria about people taking off uh, into the sky. I didn't see Jesus there, you know, but he is, and this thing is serious. Let me read this scripture to you. First Timothy chapter 5, please put that on. Verse 24 and 25. First Timothy chapter 5. It says, Some men's sins are clearly evident, preceding them to judgment. Basically, you know based on the way they are living. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can tell where they're going based on the way they live. Mm-hmm. It says, preceding judgment, but those of some men follow later. You can't tell. You just think. You won't, there's no way to judge. It's when they get up there, you find out what, 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 what's really going on. Now, that scares me. You understand what I'm saying? They're going to get judgment. But no one is aware because the things that the, that's been done is not something that's very open. We really need to be concerned. And he says it's the same thing. Likewise, the good works of some are clearly evident. When you're doing the good work, people can see. They can tell what are they saying about you. Especially those who are close to you. What are they saying? Those who really know you. Husband. Wife. What does your wife or your husband think about your faith? It's very important. They know you just like the disciples, right? With Christ. What would they think? If they ask them, what would they think about your faith and your life? Would you dare to ask them like Jesus did and ask them to be honest and tell you what they really think? You might get a little defensive, right? But these things are important. We should ask. You know, if you don't want to talk to them, ask yourself. You can think about it. What are they thinking? Now, if they're thinking hypocrite, well, read this scripture. Some men's sins are clearly evident. I can see it before you get there. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus didn't call sinners hypocrites. He called the religious people hypocrites. 
And he was mad at them. So we really need to watch some of the things. I mean, I'm not, we're not perfect. But you can't deliberately be doing wrong and making excuses for it. Instead of dealing with it. I know when I do wrong, I, I know to fight and ask for forgiveness. But you can't justify it and say, well, somebody did this to me. That's why I'm this. I'm just going to be this. He says, what are you talking about? You can't do that. I don't know how Christians are able to do that. But I, I just don't know. I, you can't justify it. It's sin is sin. Call it what it is. And start dealing with it. Let the Father helps you, uh, help you. But to justify it, before long, you become a mocker. I talked about being a mocker last time. You just mock at everything. And that's a dangerous place to be. I still don't know how God is going to judge, judge everyone. But the Bible says judgment will begin first in the house of God. Some believe it's judgment for reward. I don't know. When we get there, we'll find out. But I want to be on the good side. <laughs> I don't want to find out when I get there. I want to do everything that I know right first here before I get there. I'm not going to take chances. I'm not going to take chances. People are asking, what does this scripture mean? What does that scripture mean? People are talking a lot about the grace of God. But the grace of God is here to, de- to teach us to deny ungodliness. Is that not what the Bible says? If you got grace, the grace should teach you to deny yourself Ungodliness. If you're struggling, seek help. And follow through, and God will help you. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, the door will be open. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be what? Feel Well, if you got this problem and you don't desire righteousness, forget it. you like it. God will respect that. You understand what I'm saying? But if you desire to do right, God will bring you deliverance. You're blessed if you desire to do right. But if you justify it and blame your fathers and those that abused you in the past, instead of being responsible for what you're doing, that's not going to get you very far. Forget about them. It's your life now. Make your life right now. Do your work. Let God help you. God, you help me. And I'm going to do right. And I'm going to change the testimony they have about me. Amen? Let them be speaking good things about what God has done. He used to be that way. Now, he's a changed man. Isn't that wonderful? Have you seen Tim lately? He's, He's not the Tim that you used to know. Say, really? Tell me. That's a great testimony. Does God get glory out of that? Oh, yes. But when they mention Tim and people roll their eyes, how does God get glory out of that? You are the light of the world, Jesus said. You are the salt. Let me read this scripture and I'll quit. quit. Matthew 6, verse 23. Jesus said, but if your eye is bad... Your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? If you're claiming that you got light, but it's really darkness, Jesus said that darkness is really great. 
This is something for which Jesus gave himself and his whole life. To me, it's not a play matter. And I've said it here before, uh, this is just a job for me. I am first a Christian. Amen? Before I'm a Christian worker. This is just a job. I got to live right. It's like everybody else. I want to make it to heaven. I know I'm going to appear before him in judgment. I want to live right. Don't justify anything. If they're saying something bad about you, go to God and cry out for a change. Humble yourself and God will deliver you. Don't justify it. And don't stay with it. You can't stay with the devil and say God is going to deliver me when you are comfortable staying with him and living with him. Why would God come there to deliver you? You enjoy being with him. But if you cry out to God, I want to come out of the land of bondage, he'll hear from heaven. Amen? What are they saying about you? What are they, those who really know you, what are they saying about you? What are your kids saying about you and your faith? They know you're not perfect. My kids know that. Well, but I do hope that Angela and I were able to let them know that our faith in Jesus is sincere. You understand what I'm saying? We're not perfect. But at least they know we are sincere about following this Jesus. And we'll do what it takes to be right. That's all they need to know. They know you're not perfect. But they know where your heart is. Amen? So what are they saying about you? That's very important. Find out. Your leader, what are those that you are following? What are they saying about you? If it's negative, you really need to change. And please feel free. If you need to tell me something, yeah, I need to know. You'll be my friend. You won't offend me. You know why? I want to make it to heaven. Okay? You can tell me, Pastor, why do you do this? I will explain it to you. But if my wife says the same thing, then I change. No kidding. <laughs> Stand up with me. <laughs> I... Uh, I've lived, I've lived my life by just probably two or three principles as a Christian with regards to what I'm saying to you tonight. If I hear one thing two times, three times from different individuals, I change quickly. I do just go the other direction. I don't want to argue because one, two, three people are saying exactly the same thing or something close. I know if it's negative, I know I'm in the wrong. I don't want to argue. That's God speaking to me. Because the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let the matter be established. Once I see it from the word, my opinion is completely changed. I don't hold back. Once it's there in the book, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. Face the other direction. We need to humble ourselves before God. I don't know it all. You don't either. We're all growing together in the Lord. Amen. But let's serve our Christ who gave himself for us fervently, fervently, loving him fervently. Not perfect, but always going back to him. Listening to his words and obeying what he says in the little matters and in the big matters as well. He wants us to be faithful. Amen. Would you lift your hands up to the Lord tonight? 
and and thank him for revealing himself his son to us and there are so many outside outside right now they have no clue they don't enjoy what we enjoy we know jesus is the christ but they don't know we need to somehow let them know god help us give us wisdom show us how to make them know to let them know that jesus is indeed the christ the son of the living god lord help us to use the keys of the kingdom that you've given to us help us to build properly uh, upon this foundation that you've given to us the body of christ we love you jesus Holy Spirit, we thank you for being with us. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. Thank you for this grace, abundant grace that you've poured out upon us. We are truly forgiven. Will we do what is right? We will love you with all of our heart. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. God bless you.